Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program of 2023. This show is hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. It's good to be back live after taking a two-week break for Christmas. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight we continue our series on the I Am Statements of Jesus Christ. As always, if you would like to join our conversation or if you'd like someone to pray with, we have call screeners standing by at 929 333 3739. I want to give a shout out to radio listener named Carlos, who has visited us at our church the last two Sundays. Carlos, we are praying for you, and we are confident that the Lord is working in your life. Pastor Matt, how has your 2023 treated you so far this year? Well, it's been great so far, but I've missed being on the radio here. So like here we, it's been a long time. Yeah, we, we had a two-week vacation from doing live broadcast, but... Yep. Last week, I was able to go and see my son down in North Carolina, mm. and it was his birthday yesterday, so we celebrated his birthday uh, early, and then it was my grandson's birthday on January 3rd, oh, okay. so we have birthdays, and then it was my other son's birthday on December 28th, so oh, we wow. have a little stretch of birthdays there, so nice. it's a good way to start the year, to have yeah. birthdays for your children and grandchildren, and how about yourself? Yeah, uh, I feel like I've hit the ground running, had a busy week in this Hawaii? week, and we're already no. in the second, well, that was mid-December, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had oh. a great, great holiday, and then, yeah, it's been busy ever since. Yeah, yeah, and I know, here we are, January 8th already, so we're going to get into John chapter 10 tonight, and we have had Ian and Debbie Kali with us before, but never as a couple so, mm-hmm. Ian and Debbie, welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations once again, first time as husband and wife, though. Pleasure to be here, Pastor. Yeah. And, Debbie, great to have you with us again. Same here, Pastor. Yeah. And, Debbie, when you first started coming to our church, you were single. Yes. And you were working. Where were you working at that time? Uh, during that time, I was in Connecticut. So I lived in Connecticut, and I would commute via train to New York City. Okay. And then Ian started working with, with your company. Correct. Yeah. And, Ian, were you a Christian at that time? Not yet. <laughs> what was your faith? What was your faith at that time? I was a Muslim. You were a Muslim. Yeah. And so you started talking to Debbie, who was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And how did your conversation go? Well, it ended well. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. try to tell her about your Muslim faith? That's right. And thankfully, she convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And then, so you, you actually called upon Jesus Christ. Amen, yes. To be your Savior. And now you've been serving faithfully as one of our deacons in our church. And God brought you together as husband and wife, have two beautiful children, and you guys are amazing. So we thank God for for you and thankful that you're with us tonight. And we're going to be talking about how Jesus is our door. And we've all come through the door of Mm. Jesus Christ as salvation tonight, dear friends. And we want to make sure that you know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior, and that you have that absolute 100% assurance that Jesus is your way, truth, and life, that you have entered salvation through Him. 
He is the door. And as we'll see tonight, Jesus said, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So, dear friends, if you have questions, if you have doubts about your salvation, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Maybe you're of the Muslim faith and you're not sure that Jesus Christ is Lord, give us a call. Or maybe you're of the Catholic faith, and you, you believe that salvation is really a, a system of, of works, and you can't be sure of your salvation. We're here tonight that you can be, to, to say to you tonight in love, you can be sure of salvation. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. So we're going to read the passage in verses 1 through 10 of John, chapter 10, 1 through 10. And uh, Micah, we'll start it off with you tonight as you begin our reading. Yep, John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put it forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us this opportunity to be in the radio, mm -hmm. to discuss your word. For others to be able to listen to your word and so that they may know who you are father god and they would come to you um, they say in the bible that uh how can they know how about you if if nobody will talk about you or nobody will if they, they can listen about you father god so now here we are mm -hmm. we will discuss your word and, and we pray lord that you would plant seeds in the hearts of the of those who lis who listens to to us that they may be saved as well we would, we would ask that you would now bless uh, this time as we discuss how you are the door, the only door, the one and only door mm. that is to salvation. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this passage is about shepherds and sheep, and yet Jesus says he's the door. And shepherds and sheep in Bible days had a kind of a pet relationship. So most New Yorkers, I don't think we know what it's like to have <laughs> sheep. But we do know what it's like to have a pet that becomes very close to us, mm -hmm. such as especially a dog that will come to us when we call. I think that's why people like dogs more than, uh, I shouldn't say they like dogs more than cats, right? <laughs> I get a lot of cat lovers uh, upset you at like me. Cats. I you do like, like cats. cats. <laughs> I've had a dog, a cat, and a fish, and I liked all three of them. Oh, yeah. But only one of those animals really will come when you call by mm -hmm. them by name. You know? But sheep are that way. Even as this text says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And so that's a wonderful thing. So have you guys ever had a pet that was very special to you, that you loved, who knew its name? Or maybe it didn't know its name. But, uh, Debbie, have, tell us about a pet that you may have had like that. 
Yes, Pastor. So my siblings and I, when I was about seven or eight years old, we actually had two pets. One of them was a dog. He was a poodle, and we would, you know, play with him. He would respond to his name. But the other pet that I actually found interesting was our bird. He was a mina, so he would talk. He would speak, mm. and there would be words added to his vocabulary. <laughs> the things that I kind of found interesting there is that he would repeat, like, the common phrases or the common names that get repeated in our house. Wow. And he would only respond to the voices that he knew, which is basically my siblings and myself. So I always found that interesting when we had that pet. So if I went into your house and started talking, he wouldn't? He would just would ignore not re- you. <laughs> he would ignore me. Okay. Uh, that's, that's so interesting, you know. Uh, Ian, did you have a... a a pet story like that? Yes, Pastor. So in the Philippines, you see a lot of cats in the streets, and then there's this one cat who always comes to our house, and but she's always afraid. So it's a female cat. She's always afraid of whenever we try to go near her. But uh, as we as time goes on, as we feed her, um, she's she slowly getting to used to to our presence, uh-huh. and and that's how it all it all started. I mean. We 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 gave we gave her name and she responds to it and then oh. and then eventually she had her kittens <laughs> and for generations we had cats because they will have a female kitten and then eventually then that will have also have kittens <laughs> and then so you had many little kitties and we all give them names and thankfully they respond to the name we give them though we, I've been cre- very creative <laughs> with giving names it's so simple. Okay. If, if it's a brown cat, it's brownie. If it's white, it's white. <laughs> and a blackie. <laughs> then you have a blackie one. If it's two black cats, a blackie one and a blackie two. So <laughs> but they always oh, respond they, to oh, it. They, oh, they wouldn't respond to it. Yeah. All right. Well, when we got a dog, he was he w- was a white dog. So my daughter named him Vanilla. So we didn't call him Whitey, but he was Vanilla. <laughs> so, uh, Micah? Well, Pastor, I, I've had pets growing up. We had a miniature horse when I was little for a, a short period of wow. time. Uh, we definitely had dogs. We had outside cats like Ian did. Um, but I've actually worked on photo shoots for many years, as you know, and oftentimes there's dogs on set because people love dogs. And unlike a professional model, a human model, the dog, it doesn't come to the photo shoot by itself. They have what's called a wrangler or a handler. Usually it's owner, but somebody sometimes it's somebody else. And the wrangler, it's it's the person who's always close by with the dog toys or the dog treats every time the dog is on set because, you know, unlike the model, the dog doesn't listen to the photographer. So yeah. the wrangler, it's the one person that the dog obeys. So if you need the dog to sit or to face the camera or to jump, it's the wrangler who makes it happen by calling the dog's name and maybe offering a treat. But the dog knows the wrangler and recognizes the wrangler's voice, and that's the only person he's going to respond to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, pets are so amazing, and we've had we have had all different kinds of pets. You know, I mean, I had a hamster when I was a kid, and they would always run away, and you would never find them again. <laughs> and I had a fish called Bigger. You talk about literally the reason our fish was called Bigger is we, when we were at the fish store. The fish owner said this fish will grow bigger. <laughs> so Rachel named that fish bigger. Rachel got to name our pets, I guess. You know, but bigger never uh, came to my voice. You know, <laughs> but dogs to me are the most attentive to to our voice, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But here, sheep, sh- the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. So what is Jesus picturing for us here? It is a morning shepherding scene. The sheepfold has been guarded all night by a doorkeeper to prevent thieves and beasts of prey from entering into the sheepfold. Now, anyone could climb up the wall, but if they did that, they climbed up the wall, it would be for no good purpose. For a shepherd would only enter the sheepfold by the 
door of the sheep which was enclosed with a rock. So when the sheep, uh, uh, when the shepherd would come to the sheepfold in the morning, there would be multiple sheepfolds within that sheepfold of sh- of sheep. There would be several flocks mingled together. Mm. But when the shepherd came to the door of that sheepfold, they moved the rock away. And again, there would be numbers of flocks mingled within that sheepfold. The shepherd would command the sheep to follow him, and he would call them by name Mm. and, in a sense, separate his flock from Mm. the other flocks that were mingled inside that sheepfold. And then the sheep would go past the shepherd. So in that sense, the shepherd becomes the door Mm. because he's standing at the door, Mm -hmm. and the sheep would go by the shepherd as he calls them by name. And so that's why Jesus says here not only... And next week we'll look at how Jesus is the good shepherd, as he says in verse 11. But he's also the door, because the shepherd stands at the door of the sheepfold, calling his sheep, and they come out and they go into the pasture at the sound of his voice. So, dear friends, that's the picture of Jesus being the door. We want to look at three incredible, simple and yet very important ways that Jesus is the door. He's the exclusive door. That is, he's the only door. And he's the inclusive door. That is, he includes everyone. Anyone and everyone can come to Jesus. And then he's conclusively the door. Once we come to Jesus, we can know that we've entered into life to have him as our Savior. So let's, let's talk about this tonight. Jesus is the exclusive door. He said, I am. Is there any other door? Mm. No. There's no No. other door. He said, I am. He didn't say, I and so-and-so is the door. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus is exclusively the door. So, Ian, if we could ask you first, how does this statement, I am the door, emphasize the exclusive salvation of Jesus Christ? That salvation is only through him. I mean, as you said, you were a Muslim Mm -hmm. for 32 years of your life, and you came to Christ. Is it hard for people to believe that truly Jesus is the only way of salvation? Mm-hmm. Well, well, first of all, thank you for giving that context, Pastor, about what a sheepfold is. When a, a sheepfold, as you said, is there are four walls and there's only one entrance to it. There's only one, and then the shepherd usually stay on that entrance and, and guards it, and nobody can enter and exit the sheepfold. It's only by him, and in that sense. The shepherd bec- becomes the door, mm-hmm. and and Jesus Christ says he is the door, and he said, by me, he said by me, him alone, any man who enters will be saved. He didn't say I am a door, <laughs> where there can be yeah. multiple doors, mm-hmm. and then you might find a door, I might find a different door, mm-hmm. whatever feels right for you. <laughs> Nor did he say I am the door at the moment, and there will come a door after me mm-hmm. that you may enter in. In the end, you right. all go into that same place, which is salvation. Well, these are wrong. Sadly, many talk show hosts right now or even uh, radio or TV shows teaches this type of preaching where there can be multiple do- doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that is wrong. There's only ever been one door and one way of salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ. Yeah, and people need to come to know Jesus Christ and who he is. Yeah, and, you know, I was trying to think about a modern context. You know, I've never been a shepherd. I've never been in a sheepfold. But, you know, about once a month, you know, I get on a plane and there's a door to the plane and, you know, it's an exclusiveness to get through that door onto the plane. And there's mm-hmm. only one door. Every time 
we get on the plane. The process, you know, you first you purchase the ticket. You travel to the airport at the right time. You check in with the airline. You know, check your bags. Then you go through security. Then you wait at your specific gate. Then, you know, you wait to be called to board. Then you give a final check of the ticket. And finally, you enter through the door. And the airline, it, it just wants to confirm that the person getting on that plane and sitting in that seat is the same person who purchased that ticket. The process is exclusive, but nobody is offended by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, you know, in the case of Jesus as the door, you know, he has even purchased the ticket for us. We just have mm-hmm. to accept the ticket. Um, and it's, a, it's an exclusive process, but it, the biggest obstacle is the payment, and that's already been taken care of, yet the world is still offended. There's so many examples in our modern life mm-hmm. of exclusive doors that we could go through. That's just one example. And again, the world isn't offended by those things, but for some reason people are just offended uh, that Jesus says, I am the only door. Yeah, well, the the reason has to be as well that there are so many other religions mm-hmm. and there are other major religions where literally billions of people are believing it, right. like mm-hmm. Islam mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that many people are Hindu, but still there's many, many Hindus in mm-hmm. the world. There's many Jewish people in the world yeah. and there are many other various cults and things. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what we would strongly believe is that Jesus Christ is the only way. If somebody has not believed that Jesus Christ is Lord who died on the cross for our sins and was buried and was raised again to live. And only he did that. Only Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Only Jesus rose again from the dead. Life is only through him because only he conquered death. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody doesn't come to him, they're lost. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard pill for people to swallow. What mm-hmm. about all these people who are going to die and go to hell? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But, you know, I I look at it, there's one sun in the sky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that sun is sufficient for everybody in the world. And nobody questions that. Mm -hmm. There's only, I mean, can you imagine just one bright light (laughs) is sufficient for the light of the whole world? Yeah, the whole solar system. and, and, And Jesus said... I'm the light of the world, and he is the only door. And I'm, I'm reminded, too, of in a verse there's in Mark chapter 8, when, when the, there was the multitude, and Jesus says, I have compassion on the multitude because they've been with me many days. They have nothing to eat. And the disciples were like, send the multitude away. And Jesus said, no, don't send them away, because he knew what he was going to do. And the disciples answered, this is in Mark chapter 8, verse 4. The disciple says, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness. In other words, how can one man satisfy this great multitude mm-hmm. all by himself? But he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is the one who can satisfy the whole world with salvation. Dear friend, come to Jesus. So, Debbie, are we sure this is the message? I mean, here's one verse that says, okay, Jesus said, I am the door. What are some other verses that teach that Jesus is the only way of salvation? Are there other scriptures like that? Yes, definitely, Pastor. There are many scripture verses that declare that Jesus is the one and only Savior. Some examples are uh, John 3:36, which says that he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. So that's very clear. There are two sets of people, yeah. the ones that believe on the Son and the other that who do not believe on the Son. So there's only one way there. Um, the second verse that I can think of is Acts 4.12, which says, uh, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men 
whereby we must be saved. So that's pretty clear as well. And then Jesus himself said that in John 14:6, saying that he is the way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. life, and no one comes through the Father, no one else, mm-hmm. but only through him. So I don't know how much clearer we can yeah. go beyond mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, I love this verse in First John chapter 5. I think we're going to memorize it next week. Oh, I think uh-huh. it's our memory verse in because we've been doing memory verses, dear friends, in first in the in the epistle of First John. But in First John five eleven, there's a verse. It every word is one syllable in that word in the mm. English text, mm. and so it, it's I, I love that simplicity about it. And it says, "He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life." Mm. Now somebody may not like that. Yeah. But it is very clear, mm-hmm. and this is the Word of God, dear friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it. You didn't write it. God said it. We must believe it. We must respond to it. He that has the Son has life, life mm-hmm. dear friends. Come to know Jesus as your eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know we're, we're sitting here in 2023 now and discussing saying that you know so often we hear these conversations that you know oh jesus can't possibly be the only door surely there's other ways to get to heaven but it's not even a new conversation i i was recently watching a 1980s television show called highway to heaven i don't watch much tv but it's on pure flicks and i I sometimes watch highway to heaven and there was just an episode i was watching where they just said oh you know there's not just one way to heaven god would be offended by that idea when you know so many other people in the world but when I look at the Bible, both the New Testament and the Old Testament, it's clear that there is this exclusive door. So one passage in the New Testament that I also found was Matthew 25, where there are 10 virgins waiting for their bridegroom. And when they finally get word that the bridegroom is coming, five of the virgins are prepared and five are unprepared. They go to purchase oil for their lamps. Let me read Matthew 25, 10 through 12. And they, uh, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. So surely it's an exclusive door with eternal consequences. And if I could just mention also an Old Testament passage, Isaiah 35, 8 says, And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it should be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. So this verse, it's saying that the unclean and the fools, they cannot travel on this highway to holiness. And um, there are qualifiers to enter into the door, to go on the highway. I mean, there's many metaphors that is are used in the Bible, but there's always qualifiers. Yes, and, and dear friends, Jesus is the door. And that means people need to hear about Jesus if they're going to be saved. Mm -hmm. Because it also says, even in Romans chapter 10, where it says, How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? People need to hear about Jesus Christ, dear friends. And that's why we need to be a witness as well. Mm -hmm. And so share the gospel with your friends if you do know Jesus as your Savior. Don't be ashamed. He is the door. He is the only way of salvation. And if you know him, it is our responsibility to share the gospel with others, even as Debbie was working with Ian. (laughs) And they got into a little contest, if you will, of, of sharing their faith with one another. And thankfully, Debbie, Ian didn't convince you to be a Muslim. 
but you were able to share Jesus because you knew who, that Jesus was the door for you. Mm-hmm. Well, recently we went to the to the Ark Encounter, and we saw the Ark, and we went to the Creation Museum, and, and I found this little track in one of their exhibits, Doors of the Bible. Mm. And I thought this was very interesting because there are a number of doors in the Bible. And so what is a Bible door? Let's just talk about Bible doors for a moment that emphasize, again, this truth that Jesus is the only way of salvation. So, so let's pick a door. Pick a Bible door. Okay. And why don't we start with Micah. Pick a door. Okay. Door number one, two, or three. Uh, I'll no. pick door number one. Okay. <laughs> uh, so half a year ago, we were in our Back to the Beginning series, and we spoke about Noah and the door to the ark. Um, in Genesis 6 and 7, it, goes, it talks about it in great length. God had given Noah very specific instructions for the measurements of the entire ark, and God commanded Noah to make one door. When the time of the rains came, God finally called Noah and his family and all the animals to come through that door, and then God shut the door. Mm. So Genesis seven sixteen says, And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. So only those who entered into the ark through the door were saved. All outside the ark perished. Of course, we know that this is a type and a beautiful picture of the door of salvation, and those who enter in will be saved, but those who refuse to enter in will perish. And and God is not playing games here. No. God is a holy God. He is a just God, dear friends. Mm-hmm. And people will say, well, how could, well how, how could God send everyone to hell? Well, dear friends, it, in a sense, it already happened once mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. people did not enter into that one door of salvation right. and they all perished in the flood. And yes, without God, they, they perished and, and went to hell. OK, so what's another door, Debbie, that the Bible does speak of? Yes, Pastor. The other thing I was thinking about is the Passover door and how it is a picture of God's holy nature, how he can show love while executing perfect justice and wrath. And obviously during that time, mm. God was showing the Egyptians that their gods were nothing. And then the God, the, the God of the Israelites, the God of their fathers was alive, worthy of their worship. And the first nine plagues were done. We're now entering the 10th plague, which I found very, you know, kind of different. It was very personal. It impacts a specific member of the family, in this case, mm-hmm. the firstborn. And how the Israelites would not survive just by virtue of their identity as God's people. You know, this plague required an act of faith by them. And God showed his love by giving a way to escape this plague, which was through the Passover door. Mm-hmm. And obviously God gave the instructions. The only way for an Israelite or an Egyptian to save their firstborn was to sacrifice a lamb without blemish and put the lamb's blood and the f- frame around the door. And the following day, no no one was spared of the plague just because they were an Israelite Mm -hmm. or because they had a special status. Not even the Pharaoh was spared of this plague. Mm -hmm. The only ones who were spared of this plague were the ones who were behind the Passover door with blood from the sacrificial lamb with no blemish, and it was the only way to be saved. And I think about that as similarly, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus, the perfect lamb, to save us from death. Mm. And it is through his sacrificial death that our sins are taken away. And that is the reason why I'm saved from death and hell. Such a beautiful explanation, Debbie, Mm. of that Passover door. Thank you so much. And dear friends, it says that we're redeemed, not with the corruptible things of silver and gold. You cannot buy your way into heaven. But we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And when you believe on him, in a sense, the blood of Jesus is applied to the door of your heart and and you are forgiven of your sins. Have you experienced that salvation in Jesus Christ? If you have any questions, if we could pray with you about this at all, give us a call right now. We have some loving call screeners. We want to hear from you at 929-333-3739. Ian, what's another door that the Bible does speak of? The Lord speaks of the narrow door in, in the Sermon of the Mount, and he said, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And this narrow door is narrow door is oftenly attributed to hardships because it's narrow and it's straight and it's it's some and some say that it, this is also a long road to to go to. And mm. we all know that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be many hardships mm. and and many trials, as Paul said. Mm-hmm. In all these tribulations, we rejoice in it because we rejoice in it with with the Lord Jesus Christ, and so and and the wide gate is mostly is attributed as easy as an easy path and 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 and, and, and a wider path and it's usually mm-hmm. a short path, which is it can be if you go to a, wi- a, a wider gate right now it can be you can be into it now because mm-hmm. if yeah. you're worldly you're in the wide gate that's mm-hmm. that's so easy to go into mm-hmm. but the narrow gate is so hard to go into. It's like there's a requirement to go into it, and that's the faith in Jesus right. Christ. Yeah, and the, the the narrow way is only as narrow as Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, it's not narrow as you have to be a Baptist. Mm-hmm. You know, our church is Heritage Baptist Church, yeah. but mm-hmm. we don't believe, oh, you have to be a Baptist to no. go to heaven. No, mm-hmm. there's no Baptist way, Lutheran way, Methodist way, Catholic way to be saved. There's the Jesus way. He said, I am the door. And I must say, however, that Mary is not the door. To our dear Catholic friends out there, if you're listening, Mm. Jesus is the only door. And the Roman Catholic Church is wrong, for example, when the present Pope Francis has said that Mary can be invoked under the title Gate of Heaven. Mm. Mary is not the gate to heaven. St. Bonaventure, a famous Roman Catholic teacher of the past, said, quote, no one can enter heaven except through Mary as entering through a gate. That is giving Mary a status that God does not give to her, mm. dear friends. And dear Catholic friends, wake up to this fact that the Roman Catholic Church elevates Mary far beyond what the scripture speaks of her as. And I was recently reading about the apparition of Mary at Fatima, mm-hmm. so-called apparition, which is recognized by the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. And one of the little shepherd children in an interview said this about Mary, quote, she said, finally, devotion to the immaculate heart of Mary our Most Holy Mother consists in considering her as the seat of mercy, of goodness, and of pardon, and as, here it is, the sure door of entering heaven. Mm. In other words, Mary evidently told the shepherd girl Mm -hmm. in this apparition that she was the sure door of entering heaven. Now that tells me that this apparition was not of God. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus did not say, I and my mother 
am mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be combative. Yeah. And I'm not trying to get people angry at me. I'm, I'm seeking to make a vital point from my heart that you not trust Mary for your soul salvation, dear friends, because she's not a savior or a co-redeemer. She didn't die on the cross for you, and she's not a door for you. Come to Jesus Christ, and you don't come to Jesus through Mary, dear friends. You can come straight to Jesus. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will not cast you out. Jesus is the door. Mm-hmm. That means we mm-hmm. can go straight to the door, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. So that's my heart there, and we open our phone lines up for you to call us and that we can talk to you and pray with you if you have questions about what we're talking about at 929-333-3739. That's the number. We're going to go to a song now, and this song was sung by you, Debbie, a few years ago, and it's about how my soul does praise the Lord. And while we go to the song, we invite you to call us right now at 929 333 Three seven three nine. You're going to enjoy this beautiful song, played by Debbie on the piano, and sung to the Lord. Nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. My life has been quiet and gentle. All my thoughts have been only to serve you. Sometimes I felt so unworthy and low, yet I ask you to use me, your glory to show. I've kept my vows to be holy, to be pure. And be ready to serve, but I feel that my life has been worthless somehow. If there's any way to use me, oh Lord, use me
And we trust tonight that your soul is praising the Lord, for He is such a wonderful Savior. So we're talking about how Jesus is the door, the exclusive door. But now let's talk about how He's the inclusive door. And what we mean by that is, He says, If anyone enters through Me, he shall be saved. So He includes everyone. No one is excluded from coming to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your status in life. It doesn't matter the nation of your birth. All can come to him. So we want to really focus in on that this, this evening. While, so while salvation is exclusively through Christ, how inclusive is it? That's what we want to see. And the salvation includes everyone. And there's a number of different words in the New Testament. And so let's just talk about these words for a moment. Uh, Ian, what is one of the words that emphasize how salvation is available for everyone? It applies to all, Pastor. The word is all. All, yeah. In, in Matthew, Matthew 11, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So that's clear enough to me. And then also in, in Romans, uh, Paul said, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of the of one, the free gift came upon all men mm. unto justification of life. So here it's clear that it applies to all men, mm-hmm. not just any men, but to all. Yes, and and even in uh, it says he's appeared to all men. And our theme verse for the year is I've been preaching in First Timothy, and in chapter two I laid out a theme for our church for the year is that we pray for the salvation of all men. We pray for all men to be saved. Because in 1 Timothy 2.1, we're exhorted to pray for all men. Why do we pray for all men? Because God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that is a great word, all. What's another word, uh, Debbie, that you could share with us? Another word would be whosoever, which Mm. pretty much means everyone, Mm. anyone, (laughs) any person, like anybody at all and some verses that would use that word would be Romans 10:13 which says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and even John 3:16 who says it for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so it's very all-encompassing and mm-hmm. very inclusive yeah and i love that word because in the last chapter of the bible is a whosoever verse, where whosoever will take of the water of life freely may do so. Dear friend, whosoever. You know what I like about that whosoever, Micah, is Mm. somebody once said, I'm glad that it says whosoever and not even my name. Mm. Because if the Lord even, let's say if I read in the Bible, Matthew Recker, if Matthew Recker calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. But I could Google my name, Matthew Recker. It's a pretty unusual name, but... There are other Matthew Wreckers out there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wouldn't mean me. Maybe it's another Matthew Wrecker out there. But it doesn't say our name. It says whosoever. Mm-hmm. And all of us mm-hmm. are just a bunch of whosoever's. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and that same verse, uh, Revelation twenty two seventeen. before it uses that term, whosoever, it says come three different times. So it's, it's this call of inclusiveness. Come. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. So three different times, mm. it's this invitation to all whosoever's uh, to come. Another word that is all-inclusive is the word world, as in, for God so loved the world, John 3.16. Mm. And the Greek word is the word cosmos, and it can refer to the whole universe. It can refer to the entire earth. 
It can refer to people in the earth. And so we could say, for John 3.16, we could say something like, for God so loved every person in the universe. Cosmos is used almost 200 times in the New Testament, most often by the writer John. And it's the same word that we discussed a few weeks back when we talked about John 8.12, where Jesus said, for I am the light of the world, cosmos. And so there's just no question that the word is inclusive. Um, one more verse that puts a fine point on it is 1 John 2, verse 2, which says, He is the propitiation for mm-hmm. our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in that context of that verse, mm-hmm. because, you know, some Calvinists say that there's people from all around the world mm-hmm. that he will save, and all kinds of men he will save, but not... Every specific man can come to him, of course, only the so-called predestinated or the elect. No, every man is responsible. Every man, every woman, everyone breathing on the earth is responsible to come to Jesus Christ. But in the context of that verse, Micah and and, uh, Debbie and Ian, in 1 John 2, what I like about it, it says he's the propitiation for our sins, not for his only, but also for the sins of the whole world, mm-hmm. is he defines the world in that very same chapter. Mm-hmm. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. So in other words, everyone who's in this system yeah. of the world, mm-hmm. that defines who, for whom he died. Mm-hmm. He died for the ungodly, yeah. and the ungodly can come to him. And the distinction I, 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 is clear in First Timothy chapter 4, And verse number 12, where Paul says that he is the Savior of all men. There's the word all, but especially those that believe. So that distinguishes the the lost from the saved. Mm. But all are responsible to call upon him. And whosoever will, will be saved, dear friends. So we got a call from our dear brother Jamie tonight. And Jamie, great to hear from you. And I think you're going to be on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Can you hear us? You're on with us right Absolutely. now. Hello? Yep. How you doing, Jamie? We hear you loud and clear. Okay. How you doing? Very well. Good, Jamie. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was noticing you were saying about the I am's about, you know, Jesus. Yes. And and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I thought that was a pretty good one. I don't think it went down particularly well with the Sanhedrin at the time, but, um, yeah, I thought that was a very good uh, statement. That's a powerful statement. And you know what? Uh, In a few weeks, Jamie, uh, I think we're going to deal with that statement. We're going to take a few, I think, two programs and deal with that statement Mm. because Uh, it's so powerful. Maybe you'll be on the program with us one of those times. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) How's everything going, brother? Yeah, okay. Well, I noticed that uh, thing you said about Mary, um, you know, being at the the door. Yeah. But I, I can't really see St. Peter giving up his job there, you know, at the birthday. <laughs> well, <laughs> thankfully, Peter's not the door either, though, you know? No, I know. I, no, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank right. you. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Okay, Pastor. Okay, God bless you, brother. Appreciate you calling. You give us a call as well, dear friends, if you want to add at 929-333-3739. We'd love to hear from you if you have questions about your salvation, if you want to have somebody pray for you, or if you want to add to this conversation. We're talking about doors tonight and how Jesus Christ 
is the door and these different doors. We talked about the Passover door. We mm-hmm. talked about the door of Noah's Ark. Yeah. And, and we talked about how Jesus Christ is the door, exclusive. He's the only one. Inclusive. He includes all, and all can come to him. And now let's talk about how he is the conclusive door. And what I mean by that is look what it says back in our text of John chapter 10, verse 9. It says, he shall be saved. Conclusive. Definite. He shall be saved. So, dear friends, if we can pray with you tonight about your salvation, 929-333-3739. So, Ian, how shall one come to Christ and enter into him as the door and have this assurance of salvation? What shall what shall one what must one do, if you will, and what shall someone have who enters Christ, who is the door? So, so, so Pastor, um, in, in, in John 10, 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And, and this is the promise of salvation, and it's through him alone that our salvation comes. He is the door, the only door, and all the other doors ultimately lead to death mm-hmm. and, and not through salvation. And that door can also mean separation. It, if you're on the outside, you're, mm. what they say, you're in Adam. And if you're in the inside, you're mm. in Christ. And mm. this reminded Amen. me of a song, of a children's song, like, one door and only one. Yeah. And you know, on which side are you? Inside <laughs> or outside? And, and which side are you? Yes. Um, and and that door can also be a security. Uh, we are assured that no baddies can break into that door and steal us from our shepherd. Mm. And 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 the Lord said, "My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand." So the Lord, in a way, also protects us from evil by being that door, mm. the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know when we when we talk about him being the conclusive door, being sure that when we come to Christ that we have eternal life, a lot of people just think, oh, well, when I die, then I'll find out whether I'm saved or not. You know, God will weigh my works on a scale, and if my good outweighs my bad, then I'll I'll go into heaven. And some people think that they have to literally wait until they die mm-hmm. to be sure mm-hmm. of heaven. Yeah. Mm. Is that true? Yeah, I have a <laughs> Catholic friend who, you know, he that's what he says. I said, you know, he, he kind of, for many years, he actually went to a, church, a Protestant church with me. But he, you know, when it came time, you know, he would talk about people who are born again. And he would say it somewhat disdainfully. And I just said, well, you know, what do you think it is that's going to get you through that door? And he said, mm. well, you know, you, you hope that your good outweighs your bad. Mm. And I think that's... That's almost the temptation. I mean, I can't tell you it's the only reason why I haven't researched it. But that's why there's a temptation of this idea of purgatory. It's like, well, in case my good doesn't outweigh my bad, then there's a space in between where I can pay the rest of the, you know. Mm-hmm. And so so there's almost this in-between idea. But with, you know, born-again Christianity, no. There's the door, and you're either in, as you said, Ian, or you're, on, or you're out. <laughs> and, you know, that's what the Bible lays out clearly over and over and over. It says it's included all are included in that invitation but once you get to that point where you take your last breath mm-hmm. um you know at at that at that point it's the judgment and you're either in or you're out mm-hmm. 
And the reason we can be sure of having salvation now and we don't have to wait until we die is because Jesus Christ did finish the work Mm -hmm. for us to fully justify us so that when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are justified Mm -hmm. completely. And justification is complete and we don't work to increase our justification. Yeah. That's what Catholics believe mm-hmm. as well, that mm-hmm. they have to keep taking the Mass, they have to keep doing good works or keep doing the confession and, and making penance and saying the rosary to increase their justification. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Jesus Christ did all the work to mm-hmm. complete our justification. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And the very same phrase that's in John chapter 10, he shall be saved, is in Romans chapter 10, or Romans chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 9, where it says, Much more now than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We shall be saved by his blood, because his blood was shed one time, Mm -hmm. and we shall be saved, dear friends. It's conclusive, and we can be sure, we can rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We don't work our way to heaven. Mm. Jesus did the work Mm -hmm. to save us. And then once we're saved, we want to work for him and please him in all of our ways. So, as we come toward the conclusion tonight, and we're talking about Jesus, the door, conclusively as we come to him, what more, Debbie, does Jesus promise to those who come to him. What does he promise? What, so he promises salvation, and then what, what is the fullness of that promise? In John 10, 9, he also says that he shall go in and out and find pasture. And uh, one verse, that, or one chapter in the Bible that resonates with me there is Psalm 23, which says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm. What else do I need? You know, um, uh, it speaks of satisfaction, refreshment he is with uh, with us every single day of our lives and he will take care of us protect us and um, you know just like how a shepherd provides and takes care of his sheep mm-hmm. the same way Jesus will be with us and take care of all of our needs as well mm-hmm. amen yeah well going back to the door of Matthew 25 we see that you know on the inside of the door there was a marriage celebration uh, so verse 10 which I read earlier it says they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut so the a marriage celebration is promised to those who enter the door and as we said refreshment abundance love joy all of it unimaginable human satisfaction awaits us at the marriage supper of the lamb so the exclusive and inclusive invitation to the wedding has gone out to the whole world to the cosmos and if we accept it, then we are the bride. And uh, I just love in Revelation 19.9, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. You know, and earlier in the program, we talked about those different doors mm-hmm. and how those doors were exclusive, like the door, the Passover door. It had yeah. to, The blood had to go on the door. And then once the blood went on the door, you were assured that your firstborn would be saved. So let's kind of, as we wrap this up tonight, let's talk about... Let's kind of look at those doors again and see how they are inclusive to everyone mm-hmm. and, and then conclusive for those who go through those doors. And I think, Micah, you had the door of the ark. Yeah. Well, we already mentioned it's an exclusive door, but um, it's also inclusive because anyone who wanted to enter the ark could have. 
Uh, Noah built the ark for decades, and people for miles and miles around knew about his big boat. Yeah. And Peter even calls Noah a preacher of righteousness in Second Peter two five. So we know that Noah was verbally actually warning all his neighbors for all those years that a flood was coming. So, Pastor, when our Isn't church went to Kentucky in October, as you mentioned earlier, um, to visit the Ark Encounter, we saw to scale just how big Noah's Ark actually was. And honestly, thousands and thousands of people could have fit into that boat if they chose to. So all were invited, all were welcome, but there was just one door to enter in for salvation. And just Noah and his family, yeah, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That the world must have been a very dark place. And and uh, Debbie, earlier you spoke about the Passover door. Yeah. So with the context of the Passover, we think of it as like anyone, whether you would you have been a Jew or Egyptian. You know, if you put the blood on their door, on the Passover door, that would spare your firstborn. And only the ones who believed and acted by faith were spared as they were behind the Passover door. And once that blood was applied to the door, mm-hmm. the one the one inside was saved. Isn't that, do you, is that how you read that passage as well, Micah, mm-hmm. that, that the Egyptians could have put the blood? Yeah. They, they could mm-hmm. have entered into the faith of the Jewish people. I do, That's because in Exodus twelve thirty eight it talks about a mixed multitude yeah. went up mm-hmm. also with the Hebrews out of Egypt. So I, I looked into that passage, and scholars aren't 100% sure, but most of them say it probably included Egyptians. So, you know, they too could have put that Passover blood on the door in faith, and then that they would have come through the Passover in salvation. And that's what John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God, which mm-hmm. takes away the sin of the world. Of the world. Yeah. There's the word world there. Ian, mm-hmm. you talked earlier about the narrow door. Yes, Pastor. The narrow door doesn't mean that God has pre-selected the ones who may come in the narrow gate. Mm-hmm. Actually, in that same context, in the, in the same passage in the Bible, if you go a few verses back, he said, ask and, ask and it shall be given, seek and it shall be found, and knock and it shall be opened up to you. For everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. He said, for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So the narrow door is for everyone. Amen. Amen. Mm. Micah, do you want to share a last, mo- uh, last word? Thank the Lord that even for us sinners in the cosmos, we are uh, invited to come in. So let's all come in through that door. I've been there. Everyone in this room has been there. You come in tonight, friend, if you have not entered into that door. And make this your prayer as we close tonight. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you are the door of salvation. I call upon you, Lord, to save me from my sins. Mm. Take me to heaven. Wash me clean. I come to you, the resurrection and the life to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you, Debbie, Ian, Micah. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.